Riley here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Tuesday, August 31st, 2021. Stand up for your country. And President Biden tried to stand up for his country today and his administration and himself. Was he successful? That is our lead story, and I will analyze the president's speech today. Um, he was two hours late, and that's not unusual. Uh, that signals there's not a lot of discipline within the White House, and they change things up until the last minute by debating its consensus speech. All right, so it's four or five people writing it, he doesn't write it. Now, his tone was defiant and tough guy Joe. Um, and he basically put forth that he made a commitment to the American people while he was running for president, said he'd get out of Afghanistan. He has now um, withheld uh, any doubt that his commitment was phony. He got out. He did what he said he would do. Okay, that's true. But the way he got out is the subject of worldwide debate. So in this speech, there were three elements, and we're going to play you three sound bites, all right? The first element was our evacuation from Afghanistan was a tremendous success. Roll the tape. The extraordinary success of this mission was due to the incredible skill, bravely, and selfless courage of the United States military and our diplomats and intelligence professionals. For weeks, they risked their lives to get American citizens, Afghans who helped us, citizens of our allies and partners and others on board planes and out of the country. And they did it facing a crush of enormous crowds seeking to leave the country. And they did it knowing ISIS-K terrorists, sworn enemies of the Taliban, we're lurking in the midst of those crowds. So this was an extraordinary success, according to President Biden, because of all the things that he just told you. Well, who caused those things? Who caused the ISIS-K? That was you, Mr. President, because you abandoned Bagram and they, uh, Taliban, led all the uh, ISIS out of jail. That's you. Who caused the chaos at the airport. Well, that was you, um, because you could have used Bagram, a much more secure facility, and out of the Kabul nexus, but you didn't. You abandoned Bagram and used the civilian airport that had one less runway. So all of the things that he says are rather deceiving because the Biden administration caused all of the chaos at the end. They didn't have to do it that way. And this will nail down my point. Do you believe that in the years to come, any military evacuation course taught at West Point will use Afghanistan as the model? Do you? It was a screw up. It was not an extraordinary success. Second bite is the blame game. So the president blamed the Afghan army for folding and the Afghan government malfeasance and corruption. Blame them. But he also blamed Donald Trump. Go. My predecessor, the former president, signed an agreement with the Taliban to remove U.S. troops by May the 1st, 
just months after I was inaugurated. It included no requirement that the Taliban work out a cooperative government arrangement with the Afghan government. But it did authorize the release of 5,000 prisoners last year, including some of the Taliban's top war commanders, among those who just took control of Afghanistan. And by the time I came to office, the Taliban was in its strongest military position since 2001, controlling or contesting nearly half of the country. Now, that can be debated. I'm sure uh, former President Trump will have a reply to all of that. I'm not going to get into that today. Um, what I will tell you is what I reported last week when I spoke to Donald Trump. He said that he had an arrangement with the Taliban that no Americans would be harmed. OK, remember, 13 are dead under the Biden administration, that no Americans would be harmed. And that held for more than a year. No American casualties for more than a year. OK. And he told me that he told the Taliban on the phone that he would kill them if they did what they did. It took over the country that he would hold them personally responsible and they would cease to exist because of drones. So, all right, uh, he's blaming Trump. He's blaming the Afghan people. Again, President Biden admits no mistake at all in this whole fiasco of getting out of there. I don't quibble with uh, leaving the war in Afghanistan, okay? But as you'll hear coming up with Senator Joseph Lieberman, the war in Afghanistan was over months ago, and it's an interesting point. But anyway, Mr. Biden says that we had no compelling interest to stay. He made no mistakes whatsoever. And here's how he wrapped it up. Go. I take responsibility for the decision. Now, some say we should have started mass evacuation sooner. And couldn't this have been done, have been done in a more orderly manner? I respectfully disagree. Okay, so there you have it. President did everything perfectly. All right. His own words were extraordinary success. You have eyes. I have eyes. All right. We know what we saw and what we will continue to see. There were options. Everyone knows that Bagram could have been kept, that a residual force of U.S. people and our allies could have been kept in Afghanistan. Those were options. Mr. Biden didn't want to do it. No compelling interest to do it, he said. So I think this is a fairly clear situation. You heard what the president said, and I reported it fairly. I'm not cheap shotting him. I'm not deriding him. I disagree with him, but he had his say. He did nothing, zero. He and his administration made no mistakes in this evacuation whatsoever. They had an extraordinary success. Okay, so it is my job to present you with the best analysis I can. And that not only includes, that's not only me, that includes other people. So I searched around in my mind to find a guest after the president's speech who wouldn't cheap shot Mr. Biden, because that's easy that's all day long. You're going to hear that for the next week or so. OK, but somebody who really knows 
the turf and who knows Mr. Biden and who was once a vice presidential candidate for president. The man is Senator Joseph Lieberman. Now, he served 24 years. He retired in 2013, but he's still very active abroad, knows everybody. Okay, been to Afghanistan, Middle East, all kinds of times. All right. He knows a lot more about Afghanistan than President Biden does. So joining us now from Riverdale, New York, is the aforementioned Senator Joseph Lieberman. Now, in my opinion, I've known you for decades. You know as much about the world, American foreign affairs, as anybody does. So if you were president in 2021, how would you have handled Afghanistan? <laughs> well, thanks, Bill. First, I want to accept your nomination. That was really the easiest nomination I ever had. Uh, uh, it's a great question, and I, I would have handled it very differently. Uh, I believed uh, uh, for some years that, uh, uh, that, that we were actually no longer at war, we the U.S., in Afghanistan, that we were there fundamentally on a counterterrorism mission to stop Afghanistan from again being used as a, a base from which to attack us and our allies. And we were doing it very successfully, as you know, down to 2,500 troops from over 150,000 before. We were given kind of morale, backup support, some air cover, some intelligence to the Afghan uh, military and the government, and that was enough to keep them going and uh, to, to hold off the Taliban. So I, I think the decision um, made by President Biden uh, and contemplated by President Trump was essentially a, uh, a surrender to an enemy, the Taliban, that we had already defeated, uh, and an invitation to exactly the kind of chaos that has occurred in Afghanistan over the last several weeks. And, okay. and it hasn't now, this has uh, evolved from the Trump administration, and the former president told me that he wanted to pull out for two reasons. Number one, that he didn't want uh, American service people over there and in any danger at all. And number two, that he didn't believe the billions of dollars that we had to spend to keep anybody there was worth it, that we didn't get as much intel uh, to justify that kind of expenditure. But he also told me that he would never ever have pulled out the way that President Biden did. And if the Taliban violated the agreement and he were still president, he would have attacked the Taliban militarily. So that's President Trump's story. President, President Biden's story is that the American people demanded that everybody be pulled out of there and it was his mandate to do it. Do you buy that? I don't buy it. I mean, I, I never buy uh, conducting American foreign policy or national security based on public opinion polls. You're elected to be the commander in chief. You got to do what you yourself think is uh, best for our, our country's security. But listen, President Biden believed uh, for a long time now that we should be out of Afghanistan. And uh, uh, I, I never, I didn't get it because I, uh, it, listen, last year, General Jack Keane, the former vice chief of the Army, and I wrote an open letter to President Trump and, and really the uh, same thing to President Biden. Don't don't pull out because uh, you're going to have to reconstitute that counterterrorism 
mission that you've got now at, at, in Afghanistan. Is it costly? It is. Is it worth it for our security? I believe it is. Y you know, there was an interesting story, never denied by the Biden administration, that uh, at the meeting that President Biden held with President Putin of Russia in June, Biden uh, told Putin that he hoped to essentially reconstitute America's counterterrorism center in Central Asia from Afghanistan to a neighboring uh, friendly country. And Putin said, no way. And uh, I'm afraid Biden uh, withdrew the plan. Well, that, that shows you why what we've been doing in Afghanistan, and even Biden, I think, understood it as he got closer to the actual pullout from Afghanistan, was really important to our security. Uh, I hope the Afghans, the Taliban changes, but... Uh, they're, they're not going to change, Senator. Both you and I in our lifetime know they're not going to change, and terrorism will ramp up out of Afghanistan. Now, you made a very, very important and, I think, brilliant point, and I'm not just blowing smoke at you. The Afghan war had really ended. There hadn't been an American casualty in more than a year. Now, part of that was because of Trump. Trump told the Taliban on the phone that if they attacked Americans, he was going to kill them, them personally, with drones. And because of what happened to al-Baghdadi and Soleimani, they believed him. However, once Biden took over, then it seems to me that there was no one in charge of drawing down and closing it up because it's incomprehensible that you would abandon Bagram Air Force Base. And both you and I have been there. We know how big it is and how secure it is. They're holding a thousand ISIS prisoners there. All right. And you got Buku American arms all over the place. You abandon it. For what reason? Why? Why would you do that ever? I don't understand it. Has anybody given you a reason? No good reason. The only only good reason, and it's a terrible reason, is that maybe this is what they thought would please the Taliban. But what what are I mean that's the Taliban are our enemy. Come on, wake up folks. They've been trying to kill us. And they have killed a lot of us for a long time. Uh, uh, so w the years ahead are full of danger for us. But you're absolutely right. Bagram became a, really a first-class airport. Outside of all the urban congestion of Kabul, it would have been a place for a, a much better, smoother, safer evacuation. Yeah, Muscle, and you, were, and you could have shipped those ISIS prisoners out of there to other prisons around the world. Now, the other thing that drives that absolutely drives me crazy, I don't know one NATO nation or one American ally, and maybe you do, that thinks Biden did a good job in getting out of Afghanistan. Is there one country in the world that thinks he did a good job that you know of? <laughs> Nobody who's an ally of ours. I'm sure the Iranians are happy at how he did, the Chinese and the Russians are, because it mortified and embarrassed and weakened the United States. But it, it's a really, your, your point is a really good one, Bill, because we've been used to for a long time thinking, you know, we're the leaders, and we dragged the Europeans and our NATO allies along. Here, they were much more on target about what we should do than uh, President Biden and his administration were, because they didn't, it, it, all, all along, they, they wanted more time to evacuate, you know, I want to come back to your point. I, I, I've made it clear. I, I didn't agree with the whole idea of uh, withdrawing from uh, Afghanistan. But if you're going to decide to do it, I mean, come on. We're, we have more competence than that. It, it was just a, a disaster, chaos. Nobody really 
planned. And then all along, uh, we kept yielding to the Taliban. You don't want us to be involved in the evacuation after August 31st, even though we've told you, United States of America, strongest country in the world, that we want to get this done and do it after the 31st. Okay, if that's what you say, we're getting out on the 31st. You can't be a safe nation, or let alone a great nation, if you start yielding uh, and knuckling under to terrorists like the Taliban, who, who are and, and always will be. All right, I've saved my toughest question for last, Senator, and I and I, I'm sorry I have to ask you this question. I, I as an as an American, I'm sorry I have to ask this question. You have known Joe Biden up close and personal for decades. Is he a diminished man in your opinion? Well, I, frankly, uh, I haven't uh, spent time with him in the last year or so, so I can't tell you personally. I just think that um, the Biden that I see in the White House is not the Biden I served with all those years. And what I mean is he's, he's let himself be uh, pulled along well, domestically by the left wing of the party, which will take America and the Democratic Party uh, nowhere good. And on something like this, now, you know, really on foreign policy, he and I disagreed that we remain friends a lot. I think he's been wrong on Afghanistan uh, for, for a long time. And uh, here he had the opportunity to implement that uh, wrong policy with disastrous consequences for the American, our security and the loss of lives of American soldiers and uh, just terrible things ahead for Afghanistan. So, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about it. I, I am. I don't, I don't think he's diminished per se. I don't, I don't know enough to say that, but, but I think he's made some big mistakes, and this is probably the biggest of all since he's been president. Incidentally, Bill, one last word. He's got more self-interest than anybody else. He's been very defensive, a few times acknowledging the heartbreak with everything happening in Afghanistan. He's really got to do what President Kennedy did after the Bay of Pigs and do a tough, no-holds-barred internal investigation of, even if you assume that he won't change his mind about withdrawing, how did the evacuation get so screwed up? And if he finds people wanting who are around him, he better let them go and get a better team, and he better think about his own behavior in the next crisis. I wrote somewhere in an article that if this was a parliamentary democracy, uh, the Biden government after Afghanistan would probably fall. Yeah, it would have but fallen. But it's not. Yeah, no he's, got three and a half right. he's got three and a half years, and, and he better make sure that he's ready for those three and a half years and that he can give the country the kind of leadership it deserves. Yeah, I have no confidence in that. Hey, Senator, thanks for taking the time to talk with us. It's very good to see you. You're looking very you well. Too, Bill. And I, and I hope we can talk again soon. Thank you very much. Me too. God bless. Who was there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9 
9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Okay, so um, this is a heartbreaking story, and, and I, you know, I, I almost hate to bring it to you, but most of the families of the fallen uh, U.S. service people last Thursday were killed at Kabul Airport. Um, they don't like, personally, Joe Biden. Roll the tape. My son was one of the Marines that died yesterday. 20 years and six months old, getting ready to come home from freaking Jordan to be with his wife to watch the birth of his son. And that feckless, dementia-ridden piece of crap just sent my son to die. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning to Marines at my door telling me my son was dead. On every last one, all 13, he looked down at his watch. And as a father, you know, seeing that and the disrespect and hearing from his former uh, leaders, one of his master sergeants said exactly what you just said, that this was avoidable, that they left them over there, they had them over there and let them down. And that, that we can't have that. We, it, it can't happen ever again. Okay. Now, incredibly, there are still brainwashed media pundits on a corporate media that are defending Joe Biden in Afghanistan. Roll it. One of the most annoying aspects about covering the Biden withdrawal from Afghanistan is that the American public support the withdrawal and those of us who oppose this catastrophic war have been tragically vindicated. And yet you wouldn't know any of that from the debate we're having right now. Our newspaper op-ed pages, our TV screens are filled with people who got it wrong, still trying to lecture the rest of us about what should happen now in Afghanistan. To me, I just don't understand it. I don't understand all this criticism of Biden. To me, Biden made the right decision. Other presidents were reluctant to leave because they understood that by kicking the can down the road, they were preventing this kind of political static from taking place. That is just dishonest. And I've known Juan Williams for decades. It's not about kicking any can, all right? It's about how screwed up the entire military evacuation was. It's not a matter of policy. Both of those morons, I'm sorry, I'm going to use the word, all right? are hitting you on policy. It's not about policy. You can believe, as Trump did and Biden does, that we shouldn't be in Afghanistan. And you can believe, as Senator Lieberman and I do, that you should have left a residual force. Those are legitimate debate questions. But to try to condone what happened over the last three weeks, as Williams just did, is insulting. It's insulting to me. Rasmussen Daily Tracking. Okay, we're going to give you this a couple of times a week now. 44% of likely U.S. voters approve of President Biden's job performance. That's today. 54% disapprove. So he is going south fast. 
All right, so that wraps up our coverage on Afghanistan. Um, tomorrow, uh, I'll read a lot of mail about how we conducted ourselves today. So I hope you will be with us. Let's shift over to uh, COVID. So there are a bunch of stories in play. The Justice Department, the civil rights division of it, is threatening five Republican states which have voted to ban mask mandates. All right. Those states are Iowa, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee and Utah. All right. So the Civil Rights Division of the Justice Department says we're investigating you. Why? States have a right to vote and pass public health laws. These states and others are considering it don't want kids to have to wear masks in school. However, here's why this is bogus. If you, a parent, want your kid to wear a mask in school, that child can. That child can. There's no ban on mask wearing. There's a ban on mandates. So this is all a bunch of garbage coming out of the Biden Justice Department. In Florida, there's a big problem there, okay, because so many people are dying from COVID. So the governor, Ron DeSantis, on July 30th, all right, signed an executive order that says school districts cannot mandate students wearing masks. All right. So that's illegal. But again, if you want to, you can. And then on August 27th, about a month later, a Florida judge, John Cooper, said the executive order by DeSantis is illegal. It, he goes over his power. OK. It's unconstitutional according to the Florida Constitution. So what happened? Well, the Education Commissioner of Florida, Richard Corcoran, says he's not going to obey the judge. And the mandate will stand or Tallahassee will punish the schools that mandate. Now, going forward, I'm watching the story, but Corcoran could be criminally charged, not DeSantis because Cochran is in charge of defying the judge's order. So that's where we stand in Florida. Poll, Gallup, asked in terms of school policies regarding COVID, who should be required to wear face masks while attending school this fall? Okay, this is 674 parents that Gallup talked to. All students, 48%, no students, 41%, only unvaccinated students, 11%. So the majority don't do want mandatory masks in school, according to this poll, but it's skewed Democrat a little bit. This is an interesting story. Um, according to the University of Michigan and Kaiser Permanente, Southern California, chubby kids are increasing in number because of the pandemic. So five to 11 year old Americans, their overweight increased from 36 to 46 percent. So most kids have baby fat. I did. But now about half the kids in the country, five to 11, 12 to 15, when you're in adolescence and you're working it off, increased by 13 percent. And that's because the kids are sitting on their butt in the house on the machines. That's why. Okay, let's go to California, most populated state in the union. 39.6 million people live in California. It is the fifth largest economy 
in the world. Think about that. Fifth largest economy in the world. However, since 2018, at least 265 companies have left California. They are, some of them, Apple, Nestle, Hewlett-Packard, Oracle, Darvis, and on and on and on and on. That, that's an enormous flight of corporations. And the reasons are they can't hire workers because the workers can't afford housing, particularly on the coast. Okay? They're too regulated, too heavily taxed, and they don't want to do business there. So they're going to low-tax states like Texas, Florida, Nevada. All right? They're pulling out. Now, what this is going to do is collapse the California economy because so much of the taxation there goes to entitlements for illegal aliens, for drug addicts, for you name it. Well, who's going to pay if those companies are moving out and all their workers are leaving? Their, their tax base is going to shrink. So they have to raise taxes even more and now cause more people to move out. That's what's happening in New York, where I live, in Illinois, in all the progressive states. The same thing is happening. California, for the first time in its 170-year history, lost a con- congressional seat last year. Cancel culture. Now, I'm going to play you a soundbite. This is from yesterday. It has to do with Hurricane Ida. And here is the president of the United States. Go. I'm here with uh, with my senior advisor and uh, boy who knows Louisiana very, very well, man, and in New Orleans uh, and uh, Cedric Richmond. A boy. And then he corrected himself, man. Now, if President Trump had said that there would have been 10 days. He's a racist. Right. Everybody knows it. So Biden, who doesn't really know what he's saying, as I've said for months, says a boy who knows, man. Now, that was a mistake. It wasn't deliberate. I don't think it came from a cognitive deficit, but I could be wrong on that. But he's trying to be nice to the guy, saying the guy knows this area very well. And he's a friend of mine, an advisor of mine. But he uses the word boy, and he's an African-American. Now, press ignored it totally. I'm only pointing it out to show you how corrupt the press is. I don't think Biden meant any malice here. But if Trump did it, or I did it, or Glenn Beck did it, or Mark Levin did it, or Hannity did it, calls for our cancellation immediately. Even if we just made a mistake and corrected it. China, just say a prayer tonight, even if you're an atheist, that you don't live in China and thank nature or the deity, whatever you believe in. China now has told its 1.5 billion citizens that children under 18 can only play on Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays on the internet, games. That's it. Three hours a week, one hour each day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's all. Now, if the, what if the kid plays five, seven hours, 10 hours? Well, 
there will be Chinese monitoring through the internet companies the people's computers, which they do anyway. This is a totalitarian system. Now, how will you be punished? Probably fined, I would imagine. But I just wanted to tell you the extent of the lack of freedom in China. It's incredible. This day in history, August 31st, 1888, Jack the Ripper killed his first victim, was a prostitute named Mary Ann Nichols, 43 years old. Now, he would murder at least five women, including Mary Ann, in gruesome, gruesome ways, with a six-inch knife, carve them up. This happened near Whitechapel in London. I went to Queen Mary College my third year, and that was very close to Whitechapel. In fact, I, had a, I walked through it uh, a number of times a week. And every time I walked through Whitechapel, there are reminders of Jack the Ripper. It's interesting. So you've heard the name, and this was 133 years ago. Crime was never solved. Why? There were legions of prostitutes back then in Victorian London, and the police were very bad. Scotland Yard, which was the top of the chain on law enforcement then, uh, they didn't have forensics. They didn't have fingerprints. So they never solved the crime. Five women were mutilated, and then Jack the Ripper disappeared. And they never found him. And they never will. 133 years ago today. Uh, back with uh, some mail and a final thought on President Trump today. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. Did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind? With American Home Shield Warranty, you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters. Choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of. Simply contact American Home Shield when an issue arises and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service 
contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. Okay, let's get to the mail. Uh, Stephen on a message board. Bill, if President Trump looked at his watch while coffins of fallen warriors are being unloaded at Dover, the media would have gone ballistic. He would have been impeached, <clears throat> I think. He was impeached twice on stuff he never should have been impeached on. This, they would have tried it again. Tom, regarding the billions of dollars in weapons we left behind, could we not have just blown up most of them? I'm going to do this one more time because I get legions of mail on this. Most of the weapons in the hands of the Taliban right now came from the Afghan army. They were not abandoned by the U.S. armed forces. So we supplied for 20 years the Afghan army with everything from helicopters to machine guns. When the Afghan army surrendered, they handed over all their weapons to the Taliban. Okay, that's how it happened. Now, there were some, I'm sure, that we left behind, but that is not the essential problem. Thomas Cook, Happy Valley, Oregon. The emotion that you and Glenn Beck showed on the Afghan interview was pretty raw, and I was touched by it. The Democrats have a Biden problem. He's no longer a useful idiot. He has become an idiotic liability. It'd be interesting to see how the Democrats attempt to extricate themselves from this little problem. It's a big problem. And the party does not know what to do. And if I continue to say the midterms are going to be grisly next year for the Democratic Party. Marie Gemery, Boynton Beach, Florida, nice town. How is President Biden's approval rating at 45 percent? How can anyone support the man? Look, Marie, let's be charitable. 50 percent of the American population, half, no clue. None. If you add up those who watch TV news with those who have a newspaper subscription, it's 10%, 15% of the entire population. Other people, they go on the internet, they get stuff, but the internet's not vetted. So most Americans don't know what's happening. Yes, they know about Afghanistan because it's such a big deal, but they can't formulate right and wrong, good and bad, strength and weakness. And that, that's frightening. Angela Stanford, New Albany, Mississippi. Bill, thanks for your no-spin reliable news. Why won't Donald Trump speak up way more in support of the vaccine? He said it a couple of times. He did it in Alabama last week. He was booed. So Mr. Trump knows that many of his supporters don't want the vaccine. That's why you don't hear him say more. But he has, to his credit, on more than one occasion, promoted the vaccine, which is the solution to COVID. Gene Manning, Hawkinson, Delaware. Bill, I don't hear anything in the news about missing chips for cars. Is this a result of COVID? I ordered a Mercedes in March, have not received it. Number one, I'm sorry to say Mercedes is a terrible company. Awful. In every way. Um, I'm sorry you haven't received your chips, and it is because of COVID. Those um, manufacturing plants, 
particularly in Germany, closed down, very hard to ramp up. Richard Mejica, Fuquai, Verena, North Carolina, one of the great names of a town. Bill, I'm disappointed and surprised that you would side with those who are in agreement uh, for paroling Sirhan Sirhan. Remember, he was due to be executed. You're absolutely correct, Richard. And California banned the death penalty, so he got life. 53 years in prison, 77 years old. I'm on the fence on it. I'm on the fence. But when I'm on the fence, I usually err on the side of compassion. But if it were my father he married, I might see it differently. Harvey Kemper, Bella Vista, Arkansas. I appreciate all your hard work, Bill, and providing the information that is factual and correct. It is hard work. And my staff now, one of the best in the country. And it took a while for them to get there, but it's a discipline. And we are exact, precise in what we present to you. And I'm glad you noticed, because it's very important, Harvey, because most of the other places, including the big networks, you're not getting the truth. All right, 40% off killing Crazy Horse and killing the mob together. One of the best deals we've ever had. If you become a concierge member, upgrade from um, premium membership, throw in a free book. That's the greatest deal ever, too. This 40% off deal is not going to last much longer, so hop on it if you want to read the books, and they're worth reading. Word of the day, do not be a moon calf. Real word, M-O-O-N-C-A-L-F, a moon calf. Don't be that. Back with a final thought in a moment. Hey, guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com slash carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. Time now for the final thought of the day. I thought long and hard about telling you this because my conversations with all politicians are off the record when they call me. I don't call them. So before I left on vacation, I did have a conversation with Donald Trump because we have the uh, Trump shows 
coming up in December, and that's closing in fast. And we're going to begin marketing those shows in late September. And it's going to be a pretty sophisticated marketing effort in Florida and Texas, Fort Lauderdale, Orlando, uh, Houston, Dallas in December. So, you know, we're coordinating uh, how we're going to do it. In the body of that conversation, the president asked my opinion on Afghanistan. And this is what I told him. I said, um, it's a giant screw up. But if I were you, Mr. President, I always call him Mr. President. I wouldn't say too much. A little bit. And if I wanted to go and make a point, I'd do it on Hannity. Because that's a high visibility uh, situation. But I would let it play out. Okay? Don't inject yourself into the story. Let President Biden deal with it. And at the end, we'll see what happens. Now, this was three weeks ago, maybe four. And we absolutely have seen what happened. So for perhaps the first time, I think Donald Trump took my advice because he appeared on Hannity. And then he appeared with Greg Kelly on Newsmax. And then he did some radio. Hugh Hewitt and uh, Breitbart and... And I think he did Hannity Radio, too. That's it. So I think he listened to me. Now, in the Trump O'Reilly history tour, Afghanistan, right here. Unless there's something else that happened, it might be the lead. Because I want to know everything that happened. And I'll get it. If you want to see the shows, go to BillOReilly.com. We'll pop you right over to the box offices. All right, so that is the No Spin News for tonight. As always, we appreciate you watching. Tomorrow we have reaction to the president's speech and to our interview with Senator Lieberman. We'll see you then.